Hello there, a bit Spursy listener. It's me, Barney. And me, Dan. And we are here to tell you some fantastic news. We have started a free Discord to which you can go on and chat all things Tottenham Hotspur and other related concepts. <laughs> yeah, to join that, uh, head to discord.gg slash a bit Spursy. That's correct. We also now have a Patreon to which you can pay for Spurs-related content. <laughs> and it sounds like a scam. It's not a scam here. It's, it's not a scam. We're not scamming. We're not scamming. It's, uh, look, we, we love uh, you know creating this podcast and there's a whole bunch of other things that we want to do with some streams, uh, some watch-alongs and, and these sort of bits and pieces. If you would like to help us out and support us there, we'd really appreciate it. We'll be able to create more Spurs, Spurs content and uh, sort of have fun doing that. So if you'd like to do that, uh, please head to Patreon com slash a bit uh, The more of you that are on the Patreon, the less time I have to spend in the coal mine, which is my job. <laughs> so let's get Barney out of the coal mine. And uh, yeah, all links can be found uh, on our website at abitspursy.com. First of all, I want to underline uh, uh, that uh, uh, um, we are we are fighting for uh, for a target that uh, at the start of the season uh, I think no one can imagine, especially then in November because uh, when I arrived the situation wasn't good. Otherwise you don't not change the, the the coach, and to arrive five games to go and to have the possibility to get this result uh, is uh, a great. A great achievement for us. Tottenham topple the champions of day one. Wow! He's taken the cover off that. A splendid goal from as we race towards the end of the season. And I'm here with none other than... No, it's me, Dad. I'm also here. Another week of a bit supposed coming to the end of the season. Another win after two losses, but a win, so that's good. Yeah, it's pretty good. And this is for this uh, opening goes to anyone that listens to podcasts on uh, two times speed because this would be completely indecipherable. <laughs> <laughs> I would love, Barney, I think once we should just try to do a full podcast in two times speed naturally. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, we'll be probably done like, well, half an hour. <laughs> yeah. I think we'd pass out. I think I'd pass out after about two minutes. Oh, it would be crazy. It kind of reminds me of like, so when my, 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 my dear Italian grandmother was alive quite a mm. while ago, she was in the car with my parents who were driving through England, I think at the time. Mm-hmm. And the GPS was going and it was saying, you know, like, Turn left at the roundabout. Turn right in 200 meters. And then after like an hour or so, my nonna was like, oh, she's really good. And then mom and dad were like, wait, what do you, what do you mean? And she's like, oh, the, the woman giving you destruction, like instructions. Mm. Like, wait, it's a machine. She's like, no, no, the, the person who's, who's like on the phone telling you where to go. Um, and so I feel it's just like. Like, you know, how much has the world sort of advanced technologically? How much issue would would she have listening to these sort of things now? Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because I actually, um, you asked me before we started anything key that you wanted to bring up. Um, and that really leads on to one of the things, which is um, watching the tunnel cam after the game and getting to see, you know, you see Romero comes through, he looks very happy, Decky high fives a camera, blah, blah. But there's also all these Italian, old Italian men that are the backroom <laughs> staff that, you know, we don't really get much um, interaction with that look like the most Italian people on the planet 
And they're, they're not, you know, like Suave, Conte or Paratici. They're just, you know, <laughs> they just look like um, the type of guy that you might bump into um, at, I, I don't know, what a, a, a place an Italian goes to. <laughs> Um, A pizzeria. Pizzeria. Um, At the pasta shop. At the pasta shop. The only place Italians can ever go to is the pasta shop. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm on I'm a bit unhappy that I missed that footage. Um, Oh, I'll see. I did see a bit of I would love to see it. I did see a bit of the tunnel cam. Um, but I was so fixated on like the group of players that Conte was talking to, and then Conte kept walking to them, saying something really intensely, and then walking away. And it oh. just made me think that he was kind of like, okay, no, no. And you have to do this. You have to do this. You have to do this. Okay. I'm done. All right. That's it. That's it. And then he walks away and then he's like, actually, hang on. Wait, no. Also you need to need to do this. Need to do this. No, no, that's it. Last thing. All right. I'm out of here. I'm out of here. Yeah. But hang on. Wait, no, you also need. And it just seemed like <laughs> he just couldn't help himself from constantly going back and just like shouting at them. All. <laughs> yeah. It was so, that was so good. I love that so much where we yeah, it cuts to, and you see him giving this like, Seemingly extremely impassioned um, message, <laughs> only to walk away and then be like, um, I really, really wish I could know what he was saying. Um, oh, that would be amazing. Like, you know how they sell the tickets to the um, to watch through the tunnel there? Yeah. I wonder if you, like, I don't know if, I think it was, you know, back in the day at the aquarium, you'd go there and if it was like, you'd see like some dolphins or like a little shark or whale. You'd have a little speaker there, which would then try and give you some of the noises. And you'd only ever just hear like, (laughs) and I just wonder if like, if you've got those tickets on the other side of the glass, if you do have little speakers as well, where you can hear (laughs) what the players are saying, I would think probably not, but Mm. I would love it if that, you know, it's like if you're turning them into a bunch of animals standing there, why not go the full way? Yeah. Why not add in the sound speaker? I'd love them to add it in and <laughs> you and I spend a lot of money. We, we go to Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. It's so exciting. We we go to the tunnel because it's like, why not? And then the little speaker is just, <laughs> And you can absolutely just not hear anything at all. Yeah. I, or, I think, it, yeah, you go, you go. I was going to say, or they like, they're like, well, no, uh, we need to keep the discussions private anyway. So then they yeah. just kind of try and dub them and Conte sounds like, like Mario. <laughs> <laughs> and just like all these weird, like cartoon versions of what people would sound like. I love that there's this, the, then there's this team of staff there who are there to like actors playing the people that we would see <laughs> yeah. at all times. And I feel like they'd have to be pretty, um, pretty versatile. Like, like to my knowledge, so a lot of the Simpsons voice actors do like multiple characters and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So I'm sure you'd have people there who's like, all right, cool. Today I'm doing like Lucas, Kulisevsky, Son, Paratici, <laughs> and just switching constantly back and forth between them all. Oh, that's my dream job, I think. <laughs> I think you would actually be excellent at that job. Oh, well, here's my Conte as Mario. Oh, no. <laughs> so uh, that's my audition. I felt like There's... I was there, Barney. I felt like I was yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just going to say the one incident from the past, which would have been amazing to see is, if you were one of the people who thought, you know what, I'm not going to watch the game. I'm just going to stay in the tunnel the whole time. And then if you saw the Eric Dyer taking a shit moment in the cup game with him running down the tunnel and Mourinho running after him, <laughs> that would have been so good to see from that angle. Can you imagine having <laughs> prime times, prime time, prime seats, prime standing area to watch that <laughs> event occur? Unbelievable. 
unbelievable. Oh my god, I got a shit, I got a shit, I got a shit, I got a shit. Come back here, Eric, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> Seeing Mourinho run after him was just like the most perfect, like comedic, again, cartoony event. Ridiculous. Oh, it was so good. It was so yeah. good. Well, that's our, I think that's our dream, Barney. Mm. Um, Maybe one day we'll, we'll start a Kickstarter. Who knows? Yeah. But send a bit Spursy into the tunnel. Yeah. 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 Oh, we should bring, if I'm, I'm all in on this idea and we bring the recording equipment and record the podcast from within the tunnel and repeatedly get told, no, you need to stop doing <laughs> what you're doing. We're like, oh, no, 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 just, just wait, just wait. <laughs> Guys, put the mics away and put your soundboard. Like, what are you? <laughs> yeah. We say no phones. It doesn't mean you can then have a full studio set up here. Yeah, and surely, sorry, what's your name? Oh, Barney. Surely that's hurting your back with Dan resting the soundboard on it and you standing like a horse. No, I'm happy. I'm happy here. No, I am fine. I am fine. Sorry, I've got a bigger job to do. <laughs> that's Mario again. No, it was, it was beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. Um, obviously, we've just talked absolute shit for I don't know how long. And we haven't mentioned the fact that we we won, finally. We won. We had shots on target. Um, and we won well. Yeah, you would think this would be the type of podcast where we would just be gagging to talk about the game and we get mm. straight into it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, alas, here we are. But uh, we, we did win. We did win. We won well. Um, first half didn't seem as great, but I don't know about you. When I was watching the game, I didn't feel like we were going to lose this one, to be honest. No, I've seen a lot of takes about like, you know, oh, Leicester looked really... D-. Like I didn't, you know, they obviously, they hit the hit the um, post and there was a couple of little hairy moments, but I wasn't worried ever. I never felt like this was going to go uh, sour. Yeah. And I, I like as well when we get takes of we won and then someone's like, yeah, but they hit the post. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, but like it's a Premier League team. They're probably like, you know, we should expect like even though there are some teams that are not great in the league like Norwich and, um, you know, and Burnley as well, you know, teams like that to an extent. We should yep. expect that like. Teams in that league playing at that level are going to get a shot off and may hit the post, may score a goal, all those sorts of things. Mm. Like, I know that, you know, you can look at it and go like, well, you know, Man City and Liverpool have only conceded 20 goals each. And it's like, yeah, fine. Like, we're talking about the complete, complete, you know, most expensive players in the whole world. Mm. But I think it's like, you know, we should expect these things to happen. We can't expect to have complete shutouts, even if we don't think the other team is is very good, but, um, yeah, like, like overall, you know, apart from that, like they didn't, they could have maybe, especially in the first half had one or maybe scored one. I think like Dakar missed one. Oh yeah. Which, um, he probably should have put away. But apart from that, I thought like, you know, we dealt with them pretty well and yeah, they didn't really cause much of a threat. Mm, it's so annoying to me that since the, um, year that Leicester won the league, we seem to sort of have just had their number. But uh, they, um, you know, like in that year, I think we, what we drew with them and then they beat us 1-0. And then since then, every time we play them, I'm always like, well, this is going to be easy. Um, and obviously they <laughs> haven't been as as good since, but at the same time, it just makes me more annoyed. <laughs> Maybe there was a backroom deal done. Uh, like at that stage, if you've got Leicester, you know, the, the, I, I don't know. I don't know who's Lester Chairman was at the time. Was it the one who passed away in the in the crash? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, maybe they they kind of like you know him and him and Daniel Levy they met up and they're like, look, look, let us have the league now. You've got a pretty good team. You're definitely going to win next season. 
Mm. Chelsea aren't even looking that good. You'll hundred <laughs> yeah. percent win next season. You'll walk it. Yeah. Um, and then we've gone, okay, fine. We'll do the good thing. We'll let you have the league. You can beat us in this. And then we get to beat you every time we play you for the next five years. How does that sound? Yeah. And it's like, okay, deal. Mm. And then I was just looking at it the other day, like to think that we, we, um, in the season afterwards, we had 86 points, I think. What? And we came second <laughs> to Chelsea, to, to Conte's Chelsea. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's ridiculous. Um, anyway, I yeah. think you, you are right. We've, we haven't really seemed to have struggled too much against Leicester since then. And yeah, I, I feel almost in some ways like they're, they're kind of the perfect team for us to play. Cause they don't just really sit back and, and invite it on. Like they, they seem to rate themselves quite highly. Mm. Um, and it just opens it up and that's what we want teams to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It really felt, I mean, even, you know, at the end of last season, I, and I love the David Brentness, A, of Brendan Rodgers, but then the David Brentness of the fact that, you know, they've come so close to Champions League and on the last day they've blown it. And last year <laughs> they blew it against us. Um, or we blew it for them, I don't know. Um, but, yeah, it didn't feel particularly, none of it felt particularly threatening. I mean, the fact that, I guess it says it all, that we scored from a corner, which is uh, unheard of. Oh, it's... Um... Yeah, I really, I would love to see statistics on like, let's say over the last, I don't know, three, four seasons, just all the Premier League teams and how many goals they have scored from corners and um, how many they've conceded. And I'd say we would be up there for conceding, but then we would also have to be quite near the bottom, I'd say, from scoring corners. Because when you go, oh, what goals can you remember? And you're like, oh, I don't know, Lucas maybe won and then... Uh, maybe Dyer, and then I remember Vertonghen scoring a really long header against Wolves. <laughs> like, but then that's kind of like that's kind of it. It's like aerial prowess. We don't seem to associate too much with ourselves. Um, apart from like we know that Lucas can jump, and apart from Kane a little bit, but he's not playing as far forward anymore, so he's not really getting into those opportunities where we are whipping really good quality crosses into him, and he's sort of you know he's heading like you know five or six goals a season. Yeah, I think it's um, it's a it's a leftover from us still in a state of flux or transition. This is a pretty wild theory, so um, stop me whenever. Um, where we um, you know, were mid table, and then we finished in the top four, and we then were selling our players, still selling our players, and then we were like, no, we're not selling any players. And then obviously everyone knows the story. We didn't sell anyone. We didn't buy anyone. It was uh, a complete uh, shitting of the bed um, when we should have sold players at their peak value. Um, and I think part of the the transfer philosophy is like, we're Spurs. We play proper football. We don't um, put it up long. Uh, I mean, we did have Mourinho, I guess. But, you know, we we like to, we don't need players that are just good with their head. We want skillful, um, fast players. And so seemingly in our recruitment, it's been pretty rare for us to um, get anyone that is a good header of the ball in the box. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, apart from, say, you know, like, yeah, especially since, you know, like the shambling corpse. Mm. Um, although I don't know if he even scored a header for us. <laughs> he scored a hip. A He's got a hip. <laughs> like, that counts. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it, it is really interesting. And I, I do agree on the state of flux. And I, I wonder if now... Like the issue we have with, with Conte is that we know that he doesn't really stay anywhere for more than a few years. 
So even if things go really, really well, he might stay with us for a couple of seasons. We could end up winning something. That would be amazing. But um, he's got a very particular way that he likes to play and very particular players. Like there aren't a huge amount of teams now which are playing with like wing backs um, or three at the back. I know there is, you know, a couple in sort of each league, but it's not really the norm. So my thought is if we really invest in like some wing backs and three at the back, let's say, um, you know, Conte goes then, and the, I'm not trying to f- fuel anything about that, but um, what then happens? Like we've got a very Conte custom built squad. Um, and then it's almost like we'll need a complete another overhaul to, to go back to something, um, something different, which I think if we win something, no one would really care about. Um, but then I'd say if we don't end up winning anything with Conte, that's where there would be, um, I don't know, <laughs> quite a lot of outrage about having to go through another sort of transition phase again. Oh, totally. Yeah. I think it would be terrible. I think what we experience now with the kind of, um, histrionics from, uh, fellow fans would jump a hundred levels if that was to happen. Cause you're right. You know, quoting the 86 points we got and still came second. It's like, we did the thing. We got it all together. We did the thing. We recruited well, we had a good coach, we played good football and we still didn't win the league because one freakish year where a team that's never come close again, won, and then the second year was a bunch of, uh, cheats um, uh, and uh, fans of war and invasion um, winning. So, you know, like, so again, the, the like hard done by aspect has just has already increased, and I think it will continue to do so if if that if that happens. But anyway, on to better things. Um, uh, actually, no, worse things. How terrible was Lucas Mora? <laughs> um, he was not good. He was not good. Um. To be completely honest, like, I didn't expect him to come in and be good. Like, he hasn't been playing well. Uh, well, sorry, he hasn't been playing. <laughs> so, you know, I always think it's really difficult for a player to come in and then we suddenly expect them to be incredible. But having said that, you'd think that Lucas has been around the squad for long enough and has been in the league for long enough now that he should be able to come in and do a slightly better job than what he, what he did. And I think it really just showed that, like, yeah, he's... He's a player that I think if we did move him on, I don't know if that many people would be that disappointed because I don't even put him in the category of like, well, he's good to have on the bench because he can, you can bring him on later in a game and he can really cause some damage because I'm like, we've like Bergwijn fits that role a lot more because uh, he's just a lot better, a lot more composed, much better a team player and is also a lot more likely to actually score and, and sort of do something and really be a threat on the bench. Um, so yeah, I, I feel like it was, dis- it was definitely disappointing from Lucas and it'll be interesting to see what happens now because does Conte go, well, Hey, this was like a masterstroke. Um, I, you know, I wanted Lucas on to just run around and I don't really care how he did. And then Kulisewski comes on once the, the, everyone's a little bit tired and he can control the game a bit more and he comes on and gets to assist straight away. Is that something we see against Liverpool? Like, does Lucas start again? And it's like, look, just run around against uh, Robertson for the first 50, 60 minutes. And then once he's a little bit tired, we'll put Kulisewski on again and hope for like, you know, repeat heroics. When the squad was named, I mean, like everyone, I was like, Lucas, is are you serious? But I wonder, not only it being a, a tactical masterstroke, it was like some kind of weird 
personnel motivation for Decky where because I thought it was very harsh that he was benched um, considering there's been plenty of other players that p- probably would deserve it more than him. And I was like, why is, is this like, because I think straight after halftime, there was a long shot of him sitting on the bench and like, he looks, he didn't look upset or anything. He was just sitting there, but the, mm. you know, the idea behind it was to make it look like he was annoyed. Um, but then when he came <laughs> on, he, he like was peak. I mean, we've seen, I, I don't even know what Pete Kulisevsky is, but he was very good and he seemed uh, hell bent on uh, scoring and, was doing all the things he does well, uh, exceptionally well. Um, so maybe that played into it as well. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it, it was great to see Lucas go off at what was it, like 57 minutes or something. Um, you know, we've all been crying out for early substitutions and we got one and, uh, the, the one that it was cause we, you know, had his hand in two goals. Definitely. And this is why I, like, I would love to have all or nothing every season. Um, for us, <laughs> I also like the concept of all or nothing every single season. Um, but it would just be so great to actually see after the fact what the decisions were based off of and what the conversations were. Um, and if Conte says, Hey, Dickie, like, you know, I want to give you a little bit of a rest, but I'm going to bring you on early in the second half and I want you to come on and dominate. Or if it's just like, Hey, you've, you've found it a bit tough the last couple of games and I just want to take you out of the limelight for a bit. And I'll bring you on off the bench at some stage. Um, so I really, because it's like when something goes well, we always give like the manager them up the most credit possible as if they are the the brightest mind in the whole universe and would be like, you know, the, the I was going to say CEO of Mensa. <laughs> I don't think I'm CEO. CEO but... <laughs> of Mensa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what but... they give to the, the smartest person in the world automatically becomes the CEO. <laughs> you are CEO of Mensa now. Well done. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something that we give to the managers when they make a good call. And then if something doesn't go well, it's like, they're, they're stupid and they're idiots. Yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, it would be interesting to see sort of what that was. And I, I really do think that, you know, it isn't a coincidence that Kulisevsky had a, a difficult couple of games in the more recent ones when other teams worked out that they could just kind of <laughs> put pressure on Royale and there's no, you know, Doherty playing behind him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, of course he had a more difficult time, but this time, wow, we <laughs> like there's the the footage of him like I think he nutmegs, I can't remember who it is, and then makes that run and then at full pelt does the most fantastic cross over to Hoybier who completely fumbles it. Um but that was just such an amazing piece of skill and composure and strength as well. But like, yeah, I, I feel like I spent a lot of time in this podcast heaping praise on him, but it's purely because I'm so surprised at how good it is, how good he is given the discourse around him um, prior to him playing. But he's, it's so deserved. Like, I think it's like, he, to me, he's, he's kind of like a bullfighter. Like he is using the aggression of the other team against themselves and not many of our players, I think, can really effectively do that. Like, not many of them have the skill and control to do that. And not many have the, I guess, have such a quick brain <laughs> in or to process that stuff very quickly. But that, yeah, that little bit of skill that he does on that run you were talking about where it's like he's on the on the touchline and he sort of like rolls it and then flicks it over the player coming in. Um, and you're just like, all right, this guy is just different class. This guy is just, he, he's a different sort of mustard. 
Yeah, he is. He's a different sort of mustard. He's a Swedish mustard and not one that many have tasted. That <laughs> A rare Swedish mustard. Yeah, yeah, that's what he is. Um, and obviously the, the other big thing in this game was Sonny's, that third goal, Sonny's second goal was... It was deranged. Like, it was just the most amazing <laughs> shot with his left foot. Um, yeah, I, I don't I, – I mean, you can't really put it into words. It was just so good. If you haven't uh, re-watched it, go and do that right now. Pause this and go and watch it again. Yeah. Something I found a bit weird about that is that if you compare that to – and I sort of got both up side by side. The goal that ZH scored against us, which was like – it came out afterwards. It was like, oh, put it in a museum. Oh, what a strike. Oh, football doesn't get any better than this. And you look at it and it's like, they're basically identical. Mm. Um, but it's like, I don't think Son is getting the, the same amount of credit from like the widespread footballing community. Um, and he just shows once again that like, you know, in terms of pure finishing, he is top five in the world, unquestionably mm. in my mind, because he can do it with both feet. That was with his left foot. <laughs> like yeah. He can do it with both feet. Not many players can do that. And then whenever you get, you know, oh, well, Salah's got more goals. It's like, yeah, Salah's only got a left foot, but it's just because there are other elements of Salah's game where you'd say that he was a bit better than Son, that he's probably able to get into sort of more goal-scoring opportunities and just the way that Liverpool play. But, like, Son is, like, his finishing is absolutely, like, it is ri ridiculous. Mm. Mm, yeah, it is. And, you know, on the Salah, I think obviously Salah takes the pens. So I think, I don't know if they're still level or Son's ahead on non-penalty goals. I can't remember. I saw something the other day that was like, um, over the last two seasons for non-penalty goals, Son is the top scorer, which, you know, I always get a bit like, um, like I'm a bit cynical around those things because you could just make up a time period and be like, well, for the last three seasons, not counting any games outside London, Spurs won the league. And you're like, what? Like, that doesn't, that, well, that's too bad. It doesn't mean anything. I love those selective stats. <laughs> oh. For the last 17 games where it's been overcast but still relatively warm, mm -mm. Harry Kane has has got two assists. And you're like, all yeah. right, beautiful. <laughs> yeah. It's like stuff we'll always use in our favour, but then when it's against us, we're like, oh, that is the most stupid stat I've ever heard in my life. What a bunch of crap. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. It's totally ridiculous. I mean, I, I was watching the West Ham Arsenal game and the commentator at one point was like, uh, one in every 17 set pieces, West Ham score a goal. I was like, yeah, what? what? Like, <laughs> what does that even mean? Is that one in 17 since Moy started? Is that like just the mishandling of stats to create narrative is perhaps uh, the most like... Uh, What's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, sneaky way of, because people look at numbers and then they go, "Well, that's true," and it's like, "Well, it's not," because you just manip you can just manipulate them to do whatever you want. Definitely, and I think there's there's a photo we put up on the Discord a little while ago, which was it was from a commentator setting up for a game, and they had like all their sort of their gear in front of them, like their mic and all that, and you know, I just thought like, "Oh, it's 2022. You know, we're a modern world." They've probably got some really fancy dashboard of like stats and info that they can poke around with. Maybe there's an assistant there who's bringing up stats for them, like throughout the game to like, oh, hey, it'd be great to mention this, this, this. But then you look at it and it's just like, it looks like a, like a 
a, a grade one like assignment where it's this big fold out like A1 piece of paper with just all these like very simple things written in texture and with highlighters around it. Yeah. And it's like, hang on, that's that's where they get all their stats from. And like, I understand they, they do some research on it, but yeah, you're really not getting the full breadth of the picture with any of those where they're like, Salah, goals. Yeah. So, all right, I'll better bring that up during the broadcast. Yeah. Yeah, they're just sticky notes being like, Harry Kane, good striker. Which definitely not touch on that. Definitely touch on that. Yeah. Harry Kane, Man U slash Man City. Yeah, all right, definitely. better bring that up again. Yeah, better bring that. How good was it that um, I said this on, on the Discord that when Conte got asked about the PSG stuff, he just said that they were lies. Yeah. <laughs> Which was just such a great way to put it because that's what they are. It's not, it wasn't like, oh, well, you know, that's um, a false. It was just like, no, lies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, like – and. Think how annoying it would just be as a as a manager when like you would you don't want to go to these press conferences anyway. Like you don't you want to be out there just working with the team doing all that. You don't want to go and then talk to the press about it. But then whenever you go, they just ask you about not your team. And mm. they're just like, Oh, what about you going somewhere else or this or a player going somewhere else or all these sorts of things? Like I think you would reach a breaking point where you'd just be like, no, I don't, don't want to answer this anymore. So you would get to that. So like, I hope he does that for the rest of the season. That anytime something is incorrect is brought up. Nope. Lies. Yeah. And that's it. Lies. <laughs> yeah. We need to give him a little buzzer in front of him, which is his like just recorded voice. Lies. Whenever he just doesn't want to answer any of these questions anymore. Oh, I would love to see that. Or his own um, like sound mixer where he can hit a button so he doesn't even have to say lies anymore. It's just, it's a recording of him doing it. Um, that would be, that would be absolute magic. I would love like, as if there isn't like some eccentric manager in like the German third division <laughs> who is like also fancies himself as like an electronic music producer and they mm. do rock up with a little soundboard and they just try and answer everything through that and just get it wrong so much of the time as well. <laughs> Yeah, that would be fantastic. <laughs> um, I uh, We didn't see Stevie again. Well, we did at the very end. Um, and Conte in his press conference said um, that it's difficult to keep him on the bench because he's a great player, deserves more. Um, he's a striker, but we've got three players that are playing really well. And so, um, which then makes me think, you know, I, I mean, obviously this is post-game, so Decky scored... I mean, sorry, Decky's assisted twice and been really good. So that maybe confirms our um, hypotheses that it's a, uh, uh, or evidence for rather that there, it was some kind of tactical thing or some kind of motivation thing. Um, because surely you'd play Stevie over Lucas, but I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Like, if, especially if Conte said that after the game. Yeah, you would have to think that Lucas is just more of a sacrificial lamb in that mm. scenario, and yeah, it, it's really it's really tough because like it's also difficult to know if Conte is just saying that about Stevie to try and keep him happy, um, and he wants him there to have some depth in case something happens to, um, you know, Son or Kane or or or, or Decky sort of long term, but I I'd, I'd like to believe that he does does think that. <sighs> I just really wonder. I really hope he stays with us. And I just really mm. wonder what is going to happen if he does what next season starts looking like. And if we do start seeing him getting a little bit 
a little bit more game time and maybe rotated in games a little bit more because yeah, I, he would be a player that I would be quite upset to see leaving. Mm. And I think as well, like Conte was one of the reasons that like he blocked the transfer in January. It was like, no, mm. I want to keep him. So there, there are other players that I would be fine if and they, <laughs> they ended up being sold, but Stevie would not be one of them because I really think he is one that we have not seen his full potential. And I also don't think that's purely his fault. Yeah, I agree. The other thing is that if we're playing Champions League next season, we're going to need him to play and play pretty regularly. Um, and so selling him to me just means then we have to get someone else and blah, 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 blah. And he, But he's already there. Like we should use him. You know, in, in previous, uh, under previous managers, I'm thinking specifically Mourinho, where, you know, we would roll out, you know, a team of the players that didn't play uh, or Nuno even, you know, players didn't play the, during the week in the league or, sorry, on the weekend and just be like, cool, go for it, uh, figure it out. Whether you, Like with Conte, you'd expect that if we're going to be going into a Champions League game, he's going to have, although he's not very good at cup competitions, he's probably not going to, if Stevie's playing up front, be like, just do what Harry Kane does. All right, cheers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, and I think that is a thing with Conte. Like we are clamoring, like we want to be back in the Champions League, we want to buy more players. But it still seems like if that was to happen, we would be hoping that it sounds like we're really still then going for the league. Like we're not going to win, to aim to win Champions League again. And I think, you know, from the episode we did with Nima, where he was quite in depth on Conte and his history there and saying, you know, Conte really does not do well when he has two games in a week and when he's got European games and, and those sort of things. But what he does well is win leagues and especially when there's little distraction to do so, because I think when Chelsea won, they weren't in any European competition because they finished like seventh they or eighth or whatever. They finished tenth the season oh, tenth. before. Um, yeah. And so he's like, you know, great. I only have one competition to worry about. I know there's, you know, also FA Cup and 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 whatever, but like, yeah, it's it's going to be really interesting to see that like we want Champions League so badly, but then we know already that our manager doesn't do well <laughs> with <laughs> with playing those sort of games. But then it's like, do we just want to be in the Champions League? And then even if we lose and go out, but then we really push for the league, like, is that the main thing that we want? Because I really don't think we're in a position to be like, well, why don't we just push for both? Mm. Because like, there's just no way that we can, um, we can go from where we are now to trying to compete on multiple fronts next season. Oh, totally. I mean, I think it's entirely about, um, uh, well, no, okay. I think it's 80% to do with revenue. And I think it's 20% to do with um, players wanting to play in the Champions League and also the optics of being a club that's in the Champions League. So they can be 10 each. But, it, um, yeah, I think it's so much to do with that kind of extra revenue that the Champions League brings. And it's, so then to me, I'm like, or I'm expecting if we make it that um, we get knocked out in the group stage. <laughs> like that's what I'm thinking is going to happen and I don't care because the other bits I mean obviously I would love for us to be in there for the long haul but I also don't care because I would rather us focus on the league not not have Conte try and come up with two 4D chess plans per week um, and we just yeah play well in the league yeah. And I think as well, I think that's a good, a good point. I feel like the same, like I wouldn't be that fussed if we did manage to still make Champions League and then we didn't do particularly well in it. 
Um, cause I guess it would signal that at least from Conte's, um, perspective to the club, it's like, okay, well now we're competing in two competitions, like two main competitions. So we need extra players in mm. to sort of flesh the squad out. And I've been thinking quite a bit about this and I, I think that there is this still is this call that like a lot of fans want us to sign absolute world-class superstars. Mm. And it's almost like the more I think about it, it's like, I think if we, if we get the scouting right, um, we don't really necessarily need that because I'm just thinking about our wingbacks. Like if we just had four like competent wingbacks, like, and other teams like find them, like other mid mid table teams find them. Like we just need half decent ones. That would put us in so much more of a better position now and allow like the real stars of the team to sort of shine. Um, and so, yeah, like I, I would kind of be wary if we get to the end of the season and then we just try and buy one superstar or two superstars or whatever. It's like, I'd be much more down with us trying to buy, you know, four or five players who, who, who are decent and including maybe some who are just like, you know, from other sort of mid to high Premier League teams, the ones that we can just know they can definitely do a role and they do that role very well, but not much more than that. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, but what if we signed Mbappe? Well, if we, I mean, look, look, if, if Mbappe goes, if look, if Tom Holland gets in his ear again, yeah. and I love that Tom Holland just asked him to come to Spurs. <laughs> like, yeah. If Tom Holland gets on his ear again and flexes his power in the world, mm. um, the, and Mbappe came to Spurs, <laughs> I'd be all for that. I'd, I'd accept it. I'd be, uh, I'd be fine with that. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's more just like that if we're fans calling for players, um, I'm happy with realistically whatever players manage to come in because mm. I feel like they will be to some sort of plan now that it seems like we, we have more of an identity of how we want to start playing mm -hmm. um, rather than just wanting a big name because, and then trying to, trying to deal with like heaps of people are still like, well, let's get in James Ward Prowse. And you're like, <laughs> Is it just because every single time he gets it, the commentator says he can take a good free kick and a good corner? Like, yes. Does anyone know anything else about Ward Prowse's game? No. <laughs> <laughs> and you know why? Because outside of taking free kicks, he's not very good. <laughs> so it would be painful if we signed him. Painful. Definitely. Um, it's not like the NFL where we can just bring on a, a kicker. Like, <laughs> he takes up a spot and he's not that good definitely um, and and yeah. i think as well like given that we're going to have five subs next season um and we spoke last episode about will conte even want to use them or not <laughs> yeah but there would be calls then that it does pay to have a sort of a, a thicker squad and not necessarily have all of your talent concentrated into a couple of players given that if we hold on to everyone we have that we want to keep at the moment we do have some world-class players in there mm. so yeah, I think, uh, and I guess why, where this all comes from as well is this game, I thought wingbacks, uh, again, poor. Yeah, um, me too. And really like, just not really seeming confident. Like again, like Cess, not, not great. Yeah. Just, he just nothing like he, and there were a couple of, there was one point in particular in the first half where he got the ball out wide and a more confident player does something there. 
or tries something and he just sort of like it just the possession just evaporated the move evaporated um and it was funny when Son uh, turned and scored his goal Sessegnon was next to him calling for the ball and I was like why would he pass it to you like what are you you're gonna get it and <laughs> panic and then who knows what's gonna happen like and it's you know, it's very hard as someone that works in mental health to have this kind of attitude towards one of our players. But to me, it's like the you're a you know you're in a professional footballing scenario where you've been given quite a lot of time, and it doesn't seem like like it seems like a mental block. And maybe Tottenham is just uh, they don't provide any kind of like psychological uh, support or whatever. But it's like. The the team's job at this level is not to make sure that you're feeling nice and com- like comfortable and confident out there. You just you need to be. Um, oh, definitely. And I think that really is the difference between where we are and what we're aspiring to be as a club, versus if we're a team that is kind of finishing like you know, fourteenth, fifteenth, sixteenth around mm. there every season, or if you're you know um, a lower league team where I think you can focus a lot more. Um, on all those sorts of things. Like, like this week I was looking into, um, forest green rovers a little bit oh, yeah. and because I, I'd heard before that they're, they're the first like vegan club and, and all mm. that sort of stuff. And you're like, okay, cool. And then, but then when you find out like all of their other stuff, it's like, they're all about sustainability and they have like, they're like 30% or 20% run on solar power and they're building a new stadium out of wood and all these sorts of things. Um, you're like, okay, there's like an ethos there that isn't super attached to, to football in some ways. Mm. And it's like, they are trying to make a statement because I think they are like the, the greenest sporting club in the world, but like they're trying to do that. But I feel like if you did get into the premier league, it's like, they would probably have to start making some compromises to be more competitive. Start burning coal fires run by children (laughs) and all that kind of stuff. Definitely. And I mean, look, you you can't go like, Hey, um, Hey Messi, do you want to come and play here? By the way, you have to be vegan to come and play here. Um, so, but I think at the level that they are, which I think they're now open to league, league two or league one or something. Um, it's great. And I really love what they're doing. But then, so with that, it's like, I, I really think that it's not sounding harsh. Cause I'm not saying that like Sessignon, we do, we don't give him a career, but it's like, if he can't get over these confidence issues, I think it, we might just need to try and sell him and try and recoup what we can. And we need to sort of bring in someone who is ready to have that. Cause if you're, if you're suffering with confidence, like how are you going to start going? If we do manage to start challenging a little bit more next season and we, we do look like we're in a better position, like you will just have so many more things to, <laughs> to worry about then. Um, and there'll be so many things to work on with that mentality. So like, I, I, you know, I wish the best to him, of course, and all that stuff, but it might be time for him to move on as well. Yeah. I think ideal scenario, he, he sort of becomes more confident and then kicks on and is a great player, but if you think about it in the sense of, um, uh, and I don't know, I've got no idea, you know, what's going on with him. This is just sort of the discourse around him. But if a player had a recurrent injury that was limiting their ability to play, say it was a, a knee injury, um, and they weren't able to produce anywhere near the level that they can because of that, the club would come to a point where they go, okay, we need to, we need to move you on. Um, and if you think about whatever is going on for um, poor old S with his confidence, it's a similar thing where it's like he needs to either like rehab it or adjust 
his game so that it is not such a major issue or what. But you know, um, yeah, it's just so, and it's sort of more frustrating because it is this invisible, intangible thing that when you see him get the ball and he does something that looks like the result of low confidence, you just go like, "Oh my god!" But like all the other bits are there. Like, why can't you just fix it? Um, so it's definitely it's it's a very unique situation for a Premier League footballer to be in. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely uh, like fascinating, disheartening, uh, and frustrating all at the same time. Yeah, and I, and I think as well, like he, I'm pretty sure he was about thirty mil all up, thirty million pounds. Mm. And you know, then if we look at it and go, okay, well, let's send him out on loan next season to a Premier League team where he's they have to guarantee that he's playing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, okay, well, if we do that, then we do like, we, we need to bring in another left back, another left wing back to, so we need to spend more money on that. So it's like, how much as a club do we actually believe in Sessegnon's full potential? And do we think that he actually genuinely can get over this? And I mean, you would know much better than I would, but I, I feel like it's pretty tough to actually judge how, if people, how much people can change mentally, um, and trying to sort of predict that from him. So it's just like, do we then keep going with this, loan him out, have to buy someone else for another, you know, 20, 30 million, um, but on the basis of thinking like, oh, well, we will be getting Sessignon back and he will be effectively a, a 50, 60 million pound player for us. Totally. I think Windy nailed it last week on the extra inch where he said, you know, we'll sell him and then he'll be 25, 26 and he will reach a point where he sort of is able to get over whatever confidence issue he has and then he's going to be amazing and we're all going to be like, ah! Um, <laughs> but at the same time, you know, that's a projection. We've got no idea. So um, it could go the complete opposite way. Um, we'll just have to bloody wait and see, I guess. Um, Definitely. And, and it probably does show up, like, due to how all of our full our fullbacks or wingbacks are at the moment that – it's like we can't really afford to carry one because it's like we're kind of carrying all of them, basically. Mm. Um, and, yeah, like I wouldn't be surprised if Emerson was sold in the summer either because it's like he is a defensive fullback. He's not a, a wingback to play in that system. So all that stuff might as well be sort of, um, you know, making this issue with Cess more prominent because if we had, say, if our right side was all sorted, if, let's say, um, Region had really kicked on and was, you know, this phenomenal wing back. Then you could go, okay, cool. If Seth still needs time to build it up, he can be there as the supporting wing back there. But now when we're like, we really need to call on this guy because, because Region's struggling as well. Um, I think that's where this sun pressure does come into that position and, and sort of just how everything stands. Totally. Um, and the, I just can't, I can't help. But uh, say after all the work I put in on myself to like Harry Winks, he came on and literally was the reason why we considered a goal because of his poor marking, his inability to tackle. Um, it was so infuriating. Um, I just like he doesn't follow Spurs on uh, Instagram. I know that this summer he's going to go on one of his "I'm looking for a new club" things. It's like, yeah, dude, go! Like <laughs> I'm so done. So, Vardy, you know how we talk about, um, like, we talk about players and, like, where we buy them, are they flops, are they successes, are they kind of neutral? Um, I think we kind of should start looking at, you know, shirt purchases in that way as well mm-hmm, and be mm-hmm. like, you know, was that a shirt purchase where you got in early on someone before they became good and it was a really, really great buy? 
or is it something that you kind of regret right now? And to be completely honest, I am surprised that I have not seen your eBay account or Facebook Marketplace pop up with the Harry Wings 8 for sale. It's because no one would buy it. That's the issue. No one would buy it. And I bought, I just want to say, I bought it uh, ironically because I bag him out so much. Uh, my shirt purchases this year were Delhi, one, terrible and sold, and Winks, terrible. So, and, and now I'm sitting and I'm like, I really want, uh, uh, I really like the home kit and I want a Kulisevsky or a Romero shirt, mm. but I can't yeah. put myself, I, I can't buy another one. Um, so I'm stuck with these two bullshit shirts. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like your job would be under fire if you were like, in, in terms of shirt recruitment, <laughs> you would be getting called into the office and like, Hey. Come on now. Like I pre admittedly, I played it very safe with Son mm -hmm. on the away kit I bought this season. Um, so I, I played it very safe there. So I'm willing to say as well, I didn't take any risks on that. Um, but I I kind of think that there is a very small chance that your Delhi purchase still could come good because how things could play out where, um, let's say Arsenal and Spurs, let's say it gets to the last game of the season, we can still get ahead of Arsenal. Mm -hmm. And Everton are still fighting for their lives and they need to win to stay alive. Mm -hmm. There is a narrative there where Delhi doesn't, well, Delhi's not going to start the game. Um, but there is a narrative there that somehow he comes on and scores the winner for Everton to keep them up and then also allow us to overtake Arsenal. If that happens, I will wear my Delhi shirt every single day for a week. <laughs> in every single scenario I'm in. Yeah. I'll, I, I want that to happen so badly. I think it would just be like such a lovely end to the Delhi story mm. for us where it's like, it's just then this master strike of letting him go for nothing. <laughs> um, and then it's effectively like, well, Champions League, that's 80 million. So I guess we sold him for 80 million then. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's good. That level of mental gymnastics is um, something that I think Spurs fans have a real um, skill for. Um, I love it. I think that's great. If, if that happens, we, we broke, broke even. Well, I mean, we got it for five mil. Um, it worked out. It worked out. Well, look, I think as Spurs fans, we love living in the hypotheticals because mm. it's kind of what we need to do. To, yeah, yeah, exactly. To, to stay happy with it. Are you, um, ready for a bit of a, uh, a bit Spursy medal voting, uh, chamber? I'm, I'm almost ready. Mm -hmm. Um, could I quickly just raise something else? Please. What's he been doing? What's he up to? Paratici. Paratici watch. All right, Paratici watch. <laughs> I'm sorry, Barney. I just really wanted to squeeze it in. Um, didn't actually see much of Paratici. But in Paratici adjacent news, the um, our head of recruitment has been uh, sacked. What? Yeah, our head of recruitment. I, I'm not sure they're... I, I really should be more prepared for this and have their name there. But um, And I don't understand where these titles in the recruitment um, side of things keep coming from because it's like, I thought Hitchin was like head of recruitment or scouting or something. But then it's like, no, Hitchin is that and then this is that and this. But then someone else has been sacked um, who has been uh, around for, I think, like five, six years. Uh -huh. And they are like the head of recruitment or whatever. So it almost feels like... I, I don't know what happened there at all and why they've left, but um, this could be Paratici just wielding his axe 
and going, no, you have been the, I don't maybe finding a scapegoat for, mm. for, for everything bad that's happened. Mm. Like Paratici will come out and go, no, nah, this is the guy who wanted to sign Emerson, not me. Yeah, yeah. This was the guy that swapped Lamella for Brian Hill. <laughs> it's this guy's fault. We didn't do anything. Um, but I thought that was kind of interesting that especially now at this stage, when you would think that the scouting and recruitment team are really starting to start getting things in order for the sort of summer window that, um, yeah, we would have another sacking in that area. Mm, unless the sacking is a result of the fact that we've got someone that's coming in and then that's fine. But if it is just Paratici going bananas, sacking someone, um, and now we don't have a head of recruitment before a window that has been hyped since three weeks into the season this year, then uh, I think that is just the worst movie in the world. <laughs> I, I would love it if a Paratici got rid of him just because like, he brought him an espresso and it was one degree too cold for him. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, out, get out. And out. he's just, you're sacked. Um, so yeah, look, that's the parateaching news from this week. So I thought, cause I was like, oh, I didn't, I looked for him all game. I watched the tunnel cams for him. Didn't see him. I figured parateaching watch this week. Ever since the first week, <laughs> um, he has been absent. Um, I figured that that, that was just the case. Um, but thank you. Thank you for sticking true to our commitments. Yeah, it's kind of like it's yeah, it's it's definitely, and I'm I will, you know, readily admit that this is very much in the Paratici adjacent category, mm. um, but you know anything in that I just you know I love this segment, Barney. I, I love talking about Paratici. Mm. Um, I love building him up, and mm. I'm definitely going to post you know memes when we get to the transfer window saying let the man cook, because <laughs> so many fans get so annoyed and send in like reply with photos of just like a piece of poo on a saucepan or something. Yeah. And it's just something about the statement of like, let the man cook that just irritates people so much. And I find that so, so hilarious. Oh, it's deeply funny. The fact those memes of, yeah, he's cooking, get Paratigi <laughs> in the kitchen and people are like, ah! they can't handle it. Yeah, cooking um, a bowl of shit, mate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so they get good. so angry. They so get angry. so so angry. Um, but yeah, sorry, buddy. All right. Uh, a bit spursy metal time. Yeah, I'm ready to, I can go first with mine if you like, cause I have been cooking Oh, and I was not angry about it. Let Barney cook. So I'm going to, um, I'm going to just do, I'm going to go back to the classic, a bit spursy metal, um, uh, law and just, I'm just going to do, uh, four votes in total. Um, uh, but they're going to go like this. Uh, three votes to Son. Um, three votes to Kulisevsky. Three votes to Romero. And negative 20 to Harry Winks. <laughs> so hang on. I love that you said you got OG, a bit Spursy medal, and then just giving out threes all across the board and <laughs> negative 20 to Winks. That's OG, a bit Spursy medal. You, there's no rules. You can just... <laughs> You can go nuts. Oh, oh, from that point, yeah. Sorry, definitely. I thought you were um, flagging like, I'm going to go OG. I'm going to give a three, two, one, and then a minus one or something mm. like that. No, no, no. No, no, no. Didn't no. Barty give Kane like negative 200 or something? Uh, actually, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think in the arc, we still haven't made our way through all the episodes to calculate the votes, but by the end of the season, we will. Um, mm. But <laughs> there are going to be some curveballs in there, which means that, you know, 
Kane ends up holding below Graham, um, Craig Pawson or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait the, for the letter that we will get back from Tottenham when we send them the medal. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be like, this is, we are actually classifying this as harassment. Yeah. Um, and we have reported it to Scotland Yard. You will never be allowed in the tunnel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then our dream is crushed. Crushed. Um, okay, my votes. Um, uh, good votes, good votes. I agree with your votes, by the way. Um, so I'm going to give, I think I'm going to give three to Son because mm-hmm. I think he was called upon twice and he, he buried it. And oh, well done, Sonny. And also the assist to Kane. So he's involved in all goals. Um, so one for every goal involvement there. Two to Romero, who realistically could have also gotten the three because Oh, that tackle that he did to set up um, Kulisewski, like uh, Romero, just I just can't, I just can't deal with watching him. Like, you know that he's he's never going to pull out of anything, um, and he just like he is so incredible to watch. And I think that he is honestly like a truly exhilarating defender. And I don't think we can really say that about many defenders because most defenders are fun police trying to stop. <laughs> <laughs> trying to stop like nice football from happening. Mm-hmm. Um, apart from like Ledley King and absolute Rolls Royce, but um, someone like Romero, like he is so exciting to watch because he goes for everything. He, he, it's like, he has no ideas of the limits of his abilities and it's like, he'll fly in, but so far he hasn't ended anyone's careers. Mm. Um, and he seems to get ball. So <laughs> as long as he keeps doing that, great. Um, but, um, oh my God, he is, he is incredible. And, and I think I will probably end up getting a Romero shirt because, wow, I'm just speechless with like how good a player he is and how good a player he could become. Um, one to Kulisewski, realistically, all could have gotten more, but so, 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 so good. Um, in terms of negatives, I'll probably give like one negative one to negative one to Lucas. I don't want to like beat up on him too bad. Um, and I'm going to give two encouragement awards, one to Hoybier and one to Benton Kerr. Cause I Great. think they, they did a really good job in there. Benton Kerr, his game was also just ridiculous. And I know we don't normally go into the stats, but he won eight jewels, um, four, t- won four tackles, the most in the team, both of those and had three interceptions, which was equal with Romero. Um, so like, I feel like he's a player who he can go quiet sometimes, but then he's also still doing a lot of really, really good work for us. Mm. Um, and Hoybier, I think he was good as well. And like, I, I, I don't mind that partnership in there. And I honestly think if we have some competent fullbacks, uh, sorry, competent wingbacks, I don't think there are that many issues with the partnership as what everyone makes it out to be. But yeah. it's like, we need, we need, oh, we need prime Modric in there. I just don't think we do. If we had some really good wingbacks who can play the automations <laughs> up and down the lines, which is what Conte wants. Yeah. I think you're exactly right. I think you're exactly right. Yeah. So I think as well, oh, actually, I'm going to give out one more little encouragement award, which is to Eric Dyer as well, mm-hmm. because he, he also made, I think eight in oh, maybe eight interceptions. Um, and he's someone who now in his role, it's like, if we don't notice him, it's probably cause he's playing really well. Mm, mm, totally. Um, so yeah, I think that's, that's, um, that's that. And look, most of the community votes on the Discord were very, very similar to those players um, going through there. So I think there's 
Yeah, it's, there's a lot of agreement now of who played well this week, whereas, you know, last week I think everyone was just looking for different people to blame mm, for the awards. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if you disagree with these uh, votes, find your voice, your voice uh, that you can sing from the rooftops of the Bitspersy Discord and vote yourself. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Mm-hmm. Please do that. Please do that. We... um. Love doing that. We love chatting. Uh, it's always fun to chat on the games. Uh, ch- yeah. Chat about the games when we watch them. There, uh, it might be a oh, a bit challenging to do that for the next two, which are um, Liverpool. Oh no, the next two, but the Liverpool game this weekend, I think, is four forty-five a.m. Yeah, yeah, local rough. time, which is quite rough. Um, I'll definitely be watching the North London Derby, <laughs> which I think is the following Friday, maybe at four forty-five again. Oh, I'm busy for that one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm busy for that one. I can't make it. Um, but then, yeah, There's, it's mm. it's the it's it's coming fast. And I think, look, we need Arsenal to we need Arsenal to drop points realistically, mm. um, because even if we beat Liverpool, um, sorry, even if we lose to Liverpool, which is probably most likely, mm. but then um, we beat Arsenal that would still put us on the same, that would still put us beneath them by two points. Mm. So we really need them to slip up against Leeds or, or Everton. So yeah, uh, it's an exciting couple of weeks. Uh, I'm a bit nervous, Barney, to be honest, but also whatever happens, I think we'll be in a fine position. Yeah. I feel like I'm going to throw up from nerves. It's awful. <laughs> the fact that Arsenal have to play Leeds, Leeds, the team that stopped playing football like a year ago. Like what? It's, <laughs> oh God, terrible. Well, there is still like, uh, and I, I sometimes maybe it is overplayed that we suddenly think just because a team is battling relegation, they turn into peak Madrid. Um, mm. <laughs> and like, all right, well, well, that's a really tough game. That's a really tough game. A team that has a negative, like a goal difference of negative 34. Suddenly it's a tough game just because they've now realized that they are in a relegation battle. Um, I don't know. It's maybe the logic isn't that strong, but um, I just kind of hope, you know, we've got to hope for something here. We need, we need some little, some little, little nudge in our, in our way. Some little luck. We need a little bit of luck. And when has Tottenham Hotspur ever not had good luck? So, you know, that's, uh, that's going to be great. Um, well, is that, uh, is that us for the, uh, we, I know it's a short one, but I've got to chuff off and watch some videos. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it just, I love it. It sounds like just the, the vaguest disreason to jump off. <laughs> well, I still don't know where I stand on like revealing information. Um, so I'm watching videos about therapy, um, because I'm being a psychologist. So that, that's uh videos of therapy. Um, so that's what I'm doing. That's great. So I, I didn't mean to make you dox yourself, Barney. Nice. I live at. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think that's it. That's it. It was, uh, we're both, I think we're both feeling a lot more upbeat than we were last week. Cause I think now we've seen like, Oh, okay. We didn't lose it. <laughs> we can still, we can still, uh, win play games. We are still a dangerous team. And yeah, just let's, uh, let's look forward to Liverpool game this week. Hopefully we can, I don't know, do something there, but even if we don't, it is not the end of the season. Uh, there's still three more games after that. Yeah. The other reason that we, 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 uh, need to call her, I should say, I'm feeling positive as well, but is that my, uh, partner just got home and is showing my and her friend videos of the Robert Williams concert that she went to. And I'm worried that it's bleeding into this. Um, and I don't want to be associated with that. So 
Um, thank you very much for listening. Um, I've been Barney. I've been Dan. Come on, you Spurs. You've been listening to A Bit Spursy. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Email us at hello at abitspursy.com and subscribe via your usual podcast platforms.